Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Thank you for listening and being a part of Seeking the Kingdom. God willing, we plan to have a new episode for you every Friday morning. And we pray that by listening to these sermons, your faith would increase and that we would grow together as one in the body of Christ. God bless. Amen. I'm very, uh, I get to preach in a lot of places for the glory of God. Amen. But when it comes to, to ministers that Pastor Teddy, am I right about it? Started woman of church for the glory of God, amen, to sit in the, the, the pulpit and to preach the word of God and see that I could honestly say this, and we say this amongst the SFGM ministers and every minister, he is one of the faithfulest ministers that has never left his post, none was ever said bad about him, and he has been faithful as the Lord has been faithful to him. Come on, amen, we love you pastor. I don't take this lightly, amen, for the glory of God. And I want to thank God because we were supposed to come here, I don't know, a couple months ago, Pastor Ronnie, love you. Um, and it didn't happen for whatever reasons, people got sick, stuff like that. But I believe in divine design. I, be I believe in the divine appointment that God had a word ready, amen? amen? But it wasn't time yet. Because not only do you need the right word and you want to do the, the will of God, but you need to also do it in the right time. Maybe people that are here now couldn't have get there then, but God set you up. Slap something next to you if you sanitized your hand and say he set, set you up. If you didn't wash your hand, just nudge them and say, God has a word for you. Someone say Amen. So I believe God has a word and I'm excited about it because ever since me and Pastor Rooney Talk, Pastor Ronnie Talk, this word never left me. And I thank God for Rambo and Pee Wee pushing me to say, you got to go minister the word, you got to go minister the word. And it was confirmation. Amen. And I thank God, praise God, because God is about to speak. I have nothing to say. My words don't do nothing. Amen, Pastor Teddy, favorite pastor in the world. I love you. But God's word is, is life. It's everlasting. And it could change the darkest problem, the biggest addiction, the strongest bondage. It melts like wax in the presence, the promise, and the power of God. Say amen. Would you pray for me? Father, we come to you in prayer in Jesus' name. I cannot minister this word. I pray that you would speak to me and through me. And that we'll only hear what thus saith the Spirit of God. We are nothing and no one, Lord. We're vessels, broken, flawed vessels at that. King Jesus, Abba Father, pour in and pour out. Your servants are here and we're listening. Someone say this, say, speak, Holy Spirit of God. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give them glory. I thought about something about eight years ago. Pastor David, where's he at? We planted the church eight years ago, something like that. And uh, 
Pastor Rooney was so happy about it. And we seen each other six years ago in Houston, and he wanted to fight with me, and the pastors pulled us apart. And if we laughed, we joked. And I thank God because the churches, even Pastor Teddy, the other churches that are here, they're doing a work in winning regional revival. God is doing something again. Thank God for your pastors. I said, thank God for your pastors. Amen. So I want to speak on that subject that I just joked about. Ministers, servants, people lifting up and encouraging one another. We are not called to be divided, but we're called to be united. We're called to be united in our house, in our family, amongst our children, and in our ministry. The enemy wants to divide and conquer, Pastor. The serpent didn't stay outside the garden and say, hey, look at the tree. Am I right about it? He went in the garden. He started working and speaking and talking to divide Adam and Eve. But I want to talk about getting victory over the enemy, whatever you're going through. Everyone's going through something. Everyone has a problem. Everyone has a hurt. Everyone has a discouragement. Everyone has a situation they, they're going through. But that's the whole point. You're going through it. You're not going to die there. You're not going to stay there. You're not, God ain't going to let you be there. He's going to take you in and take you out. Because we had a good shepherd, praise God, that gets us through the valley of the shadow of death. Say amen. So I want to preach. The title's called The Altar and the Flag. Someone say The Altar and the Flag. One represents sacrifice and one represents victory. Because you can't have victory without sacrifice. Am I right about it, Pastor? You can't have deliverance and breakthrough without letting go and letting God move. And the text that we're talking about tonight is in Exodus chapter 17. The Israelites just came out of bondage, the house of bondage, which is called Egypt. They're tracking through the desert, Pastor Ronnie, and they're complaining. They're murmuring. They're upset. They're blaming Moses. They're blaming their situation. They're blaming God. And they're going through it. And in the midst of all of this, an enemy attacks. The enemy that we're going to look at tonight connects with all of us. Someone say Amalek. Watch this. Amalek, we see this enemy, Pastor, all through the Bible. David was attacked by Amalek, the Amalekites. The Bible says that Saul was supposed to kill all the Amalekites. But what happened, Pastor? He left them, left them alive. And if you look at his story, who ended up finishing off Saul was someone from the Amalekites. This is what the Bible says. And that Amalekite came to David and said, Saul's dead. Thought David was going to be happy, but David killed him. Why am I telling you this? This verse we're about to read, it says the Lord, the Lord will completely destroy the Amalekites. What is an Amalekite? We're going to find out right now. Let's read Exodus chapter 17, verses 9 through 16. Moses said to Joshua, pick out some men 
and go fight the Amicalites. Tomorrow, I will stand on a hill holding a stick that God called me, told me to carry. Joshua did as Moses commanded him and went out to fight the Amicalites while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went on top of the hill. As long as Moses' hands were held up in his arms, the Israelites won. But when he put his arms down, the Amicalites start winning. When Moses' arms grew tired, Aaron and Hur brought a stone for him. He sat down, couldn't stand. He sat down, and the Bible says, Aaron and Hur began to lift up his arms, holding them steady until the sun went down. Notice this verse. In this way, Joshua totally defeated the army. Look at that, Ronnie. In this way, Joshua totally defeated the Amicalites. Then the Lord said to Moses, write an account of this victory so that it will be remembered. Tell Joshua that I will completely destroy the Amicalites. Moses built an altar and named it. The Lord is my banner. That means flag. Say amen. The Lord is my banner. Or the Lord is my victory. Amen. He said, hold high the banner of the Lord. The Lord will continue to fight against the Amicalites forever. That's good news for me and you. Amen. Pastor, it said forever. Amen. So that means there's something that represents an Amicalite in every generation. But you know what that means? That means in every generation, if you do what they did, you'll get what they get. If you keep praying and worshiping and holding your hands up and praying and holding the flag, the banner of God, God will fight for you. God will fight for your house. God will fight for your family. Shout amen. I didn't mean to preach that fast, but I feel the Holy Ghost. Is that hard if I can preach? You feel that? I feel it because Amicalite means dweller in the valley. It means suffering, weariness, toiling. It means labor. Figuratively, it means sorrowful. It means misery. It means wicked. Today, maybe we're dealing with those things. See, because the enemy tried to take us out, Pastor. Three years of COVID, three years of Corona, three years of Delta, three years of whatever devil name you want to label it. My uncle passed away, 49-year-old, like my father, like my brother, closest one in our family, me and him. Took away our, our, our congregation member, 14 years, like a sister to me, like a brother to me. And I know you guys have the same kind of situations you went through. But I want you to understand and know, don't allow their debt to cause your spiritual debt. Ain't nobody getting this. Don't use what you went through in COVID, in hurt, and pain, in misery, and shame, in discouragement to say, well, when COVID hit, I kind of fell out of church. 
And you know, I, I, this, it ain't the same no more. No, my God don't change. He's the same God of yesterday, today, and forever. It's us that has to change and put our life back on the altar to receive victory in Jesus' name. Anyone get in this yet? Anyone get in this yet? So, maybe you're dwelling in the valley. This is where the enemy wants to attack you. And even in the midst of it, Wallet, you have a Moses, you have a Joshua. Because you can't have a Joshua without a Moses. Someone say amen. In all of us, our generation, we have pastors that were the Moseses that raised us up that helped us, praise God, to become the Joshua's that God's called us to be. And even though we have that wisdom and we have that desire and we have all of that, why are we still in a valley? Why are we still down and discouraged? Why are we still hurt and we're in misery? And I want you to understand the enemy is just like that. He wants to take you off the mountaintop experience. He wants to take you off the glory where God's called you to be. And he wants to drag you down into the valley. And it don't just mean valley. It means dweller in the valley. He wants you to stay in the valley. He wants you to be miserable in the valley. He wants you to be depressed in the valley. He wants you to be discouraged in the valley. And what is a valley? It literally means depression in the Hebrew because it's depressed between two mountains. And you look at the mountain which where you came from, where we came from, whatever that mountain represents to you. And now you're in a valley and you lost it and you messed up, you messed up your witness. You hurt your family, you hurt your, I don't know what you're going through and you hurt the things of God and you look where you came from but then you look at the other mountain which where you gotta go and you say, I can't do it. I can't give it up. I can't surrender it. It's too hard to get back to where I need to be. I look where I came from and I look what I got to do and I say I can't do it. So we just settle. We dwell in that valley. and We have a pity party in that valley and we blame the pastor for that valley. We blame the church for that valley. We blame our family, our husband, our wife, our children, the circumstance for that valley and we just settle there and die. Maybe you're in that valley. But Ezekiel says, there was a valley full of dry bones. Very dry bones, meaning you've lost the anointing. You lost the presence of God. You lost the zeal of God. And God set a man in that valley that had a word of God, called upon the Spirit of God, and proclaimed the will of God. And all those dry bones were very dry. And God said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And, and the Bible says that Ezekiel said, Surely you know, O Lord. And he said, Prophesy to these bones in this valley. Begin to speak the word of God in this valley. And the Bible says, And the wind came, praise God. And the noise in the valley, the bones began to rattle, praise God. Oh, can I say it like this? I'm not that great of a man of God, but I came to come into your valley to say, hey, you can live again. You can serve again. You can have revival in the valley. It's time to get up, praise God, and get out and come back to the mountain of God.
You better give him glory if you even understand. Shout amen. Uh, you guys want the sermon? The Bible says just I don't preach like that because the word of God is exciting, it's living, it's active, it causes revival, it raises the dead, it takes all. You ain't listening. I believe God can do the same God thing. Are you, are you listening? He can do the same thing he used to do. I believe he still raises the dead. I believe he still opens up blind eyes. I believe he walks and helps the lame. Praise God to come back in Jesus' name. Our God is the same God. He hasn't lost his So maybe you've been dwelling in the valley and you're suffering and you're weary and you're toiling and in your heart of hearts you don't want to be like that. But it says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden. Don't go to the casino and pass time. Don't go to that relationship that's destroying your marriage. The past time, don't gossip and slander with everyone else and talking about the church and these people and that people. Last time I checked, it says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But if you come to God, our God is a good shepherd. And he says, hey, don't you walk through the valley for the shadow of death. You don't need to fear because I'm with you and I'm dead. Taking you through the valley. Push someone that acts like they're dead on that pew and say he's talking to you. Amicalite. Stop living in the valley. You was created to go through it, not live in it. Dweller means I live in this thing. I'm not staying in it. Don't get me wrong. Let me put some contents on it. Pastor, you know way more than I know. There's going to be times we go through valleys. The shepherd takes the sheep to still waters. You know where it's found? In the valley. But we ain't meant to stay there. Joshua generation, we ain't meant to stay there. We ain't meant to die there. We are meant to get a word. We are meant to learn our lesson. We are meant to learn the appreciation. We are meant to humble ourselves. We are meant to realize what we've been through and what we've done. Like Micah says, praise God, in the message Bible, I am down, but I am not out. I am sticking around and I'm going to see what God is going to do. Though I dwell in darkness, God will be my light. And when I come out, I said, when I come out, uh, when I get delivered, uh, when God sets me free, uh, when God answers me, I'm coming out of the valley. Who wants to get out of the valley? No, I need two, three people to agree. I don't care about everyone else, but anyone want to get up and get out of the valley of the shadow of death? Amicalite means valley dweller. So today, I want you to understand when Amicalite attacked was in the city, Ronnie, pastor, 
called Rephidim. Rephidim means rest. The enemy will always try to take out your rest. Take out your peace. Take out your joy. Try to get you discouraged and miserable. Out of it. Hurt, shame, and in pain. But I want you to know, if you got an attack, I said, if you got an attack, we got what we need here to pray for all of us. We got a Moses. We got a Joshua. And it says they did it together, Pastor. Because Moses began to lose. I'm, and Israel began to lose. Joshua began to lose when Moses' hands went down. And this is the word God told me to tell you. Don't get weary now. Don't be discouraged now. Don't let those hands up now. You ain't listening. Don't stop praying now because you are already at that finish line and God is going to bless you for your faithfulness and your service and your worship and your prayer. You got to help lead the Joshua generation in. It's almost, praise God. Shout amen. Can I get excited for a second? You ready? The Bible says in Ecclesiastic, there is nothing, nothing new under the sun. Everything happens the same way. Pastor, what's it called today? The law of reoccurrence. It happens. The 40th year was of, of, of the Roman Church was uh, 2017, am I right? That was the 40th year. But here's what I found out, Pastor. They didn't have rest until the 45th year. Because Caleb said, after five years of fighting 31 kings. So at the 40th year, they went through an attack. Isn't it interesting? Right after the 40th year, we went through an attack. We went through hurt. We went through years of pain. But watch this. Caleb said, I was 40 years when I went to this promised land. And now I'm 85. So when did he claim his land? 45 years later. That meant it took five years to fight 31 kings off. And then they divided the land. Well, we are in the 45th year. Don't stop fighting now. I said, don't stop fighting now. Joshua generation, don't stop fighting now. Don't give up now. Don't stop praying now. Don't put your hands down now. Shout amen. This is what's happening if he did it for them he could do it for us someone say amen Isaiah 13 says this message is about Babylon which Isaiah the son of Amos re received from God on the top of a barren hill raised the battle flag shout to the soldiers and raise your arm as the signal for them to attack the gates of the proud city the Lord has called out this proud and confident soldier to fight a holy war and punish those he is angry with. Someone say amen. amen. So today, this is not just for this story, Pastor. It's for us. It says, go on top of a barren hill. 
Meaning you say, Pastor, I came out of the valley, I got through it, but I don't see the blessing. I don't see the growth. Barren means nothing there. And God says, even when I take you out of it, and you thought, where is it at? In the midst of barrenness, I want you to still bless me. In the midst of you not seeing it, because it says don't focus on the seen, but focus on the unseen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, not yet seen. The word substance in the Greek means title deed. It literally means the title deed of what God has given you. Meaning you got ownership. You got something to claim. You got over 7,000 promises in that Bible. And he says even when you don't see it, praise God. That's the time you got to raise your flag the highest. That's the time when you got to pray the most. Come on. That's the time when you got to decree, declare, and proclaim I'm sick. But by his wounds, I am healed. Ah, there's weapons being formed against me from all different angles. But no weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that rises against me shall be condemned there's a devil attacking my house and my family but I don't care the spirit why first John 4 and 4 says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world praise God ah, what am I gonna do I can't handle the attack of the devil ah, but the Bible says in Colossians 2 and 15 the devil has been stripped of every weapon made a public mockery out of him and gave us victory over him. You got to shout in the midst of barrenness. Anyone getting this? I just came to preach to encourage you. When their hands went down, the enemy won. When they stopped praying and praising, the battle starts shifting. Now's not the time to be discouraged. Now's not the time to be miserable and out of it. Now's not the time to look at barrenness. Say, what's going, where's the fruit? That's the time we got to shout the loudest. That's the time when we got to worship the most. That's the time when we got to proclaim the blessings of God and stand for him because he first stood for us. Could I give you some practical applications? Number one. You want to see the victory for you, your family, your house, your ministry? Number one, you got to connect with people that want the same vision. Someone say amen. You got to connect with people that want the same vision. And look what it says. They linked up together, Pastor. And they both helped Aaron, her, Moses, Joshua. Am I right about it? when I look across this room, I see people that helped me when I was in my hardest times. Amen? I seen people when, when they was telling me not to do Bible studies because I was false doctrine or who is he, which that's probably right. Who is this guy? Pastor Tommy was there to encourage me and went against the grain and say, no, he's a man of God. God's going to use him. When I was 25 year old, Opening up a church, Pastor David was there and said, let's go witness. And we thought we, we was young punks, but God used it. Someone say amen. And I look around when I, Pastor Teddy and God called me at 23-year-old. I called you at 3 in the morning. And we stood on the phone for hours and he began to give me instructions. 
And he said, go to Pastor Duvi. And I, and I submitted under there for about a year, year and a half until I went to the Gajikano Bible School. And I had to stay in the Gajikano Church. But he was there when I went through my greatest trial. He was there to pray for me. When I went and God called me to leave Chicago and go to Orlando, the world thought I was crazy. I thought I was crazy. I called him, praise God. Amen. When my family had COVID, you called me, praise God. And could I tell you what he did? You probably know it. You are the God. Daddy Eliti, you are the Lord, my healer. You, did he ever do that to you? And he lifted our hands in prayer. And he lifted our hands in worship. And we went through something, praise God, when people were looking down on us. When people didn't understand, me and Ronnie began to talk and say, we're not going to listen to the noise. We're going to go before the Lord. We're not going to give in to man-made tradition and religion, praise God. But we're going to win our cities and we're going to serve the Lord together. It ain't about a symbol. It ain't about an organization. Last time I checked, it's about the cross and the cross alone. Shout amen. You need to get with the people. Amen. So today, you got to I don't know who, who's this for. The people you're hanging out with is destroying your life. Not because you're better than them. You're probably worse. Two wrongs don't make a right, Pastor. You got to get with some people that have the same vision. Bad company will destroy you, will destroy your family, will destroy your marriage, will destroy your house. I got to disconnect some people, praise God. Not because I, I don't love you, I love you, but I love Jesus more. And he's a friend that sits closer than a brother. So I got to get out of this darkness. I got to come back to the light and hopefully, praise God, the light that I shine will draw you out of your darkness. Shout amen. Number two. You got to stand on the word of God. Someone say amen. amen. You got to stand. It says, though the enemy comes in like a flood, you got to raise up the standard, the banner, the bloodstained cross against him. Amen. Can I give you one more? And I got to close. You got to take time every day to worship and praise. You got to take time every day to raise your hands. If you're waiting for Sunday, to worship and praise, you're, you're a valley dweller. Are you listening to me? Because last time I checked, the devil don't attack just on Sunday. He attacks every day. The flesh and the spirit is at war constantly. Am I right? So every day, you got to put your music on. It's practical application. Put your music on. Worship the Lord. Because the enemy is going to come against you. But when you're in the presence of God, when your hands are lifted, when you're linked up with the people of God, when you're separated from the people that don't mean good for you, when you do those things, the enemy will fail and God will prevail in your life, in your family, in your babies, in your children. Don't stop now. Can I say this? 1% of our day, Pastor, is 14 minutes and 45 seconds. And while you lift my hands up to it, I'll realize, you remember that little worship link? When I was going through COVID four months, I kept rewinding that worship. He didn't know that, but it helped me in my private time with God to worship the Lord. 1% of your day is 14 minutes and 45 seconds. Hear that, Pastor? 15 minutes we don't give God. 
but we want 100% of his blessing, of his protection, of his provision. Give me, Lord, what's going on? You don't even spend 1% of the day. And then we say, what's going on? What's going on is the world has consumed us. But if we spend time in God, he is a consuming fire that will cleanse every impurity and perversion and chokobos and anger and bitterness and worry and hurt and pain and shame. Get in the presence of God. Say amen. Every day. This church, this ministry, every church, every ministry, our families, our houses, if we do what they did, because look what it says, and this is how they fought and overcame the enemy. This is how they fought and they overcame the enemy. Together, worshiping, praying, serving. Someone say amen. And when you look at that, I want you to see something. Pastor, you had Moses, Joshua, Aaron was the priest, the servant, right? And her was just from the tribe of Judah, part of the congregation. So you had the congregation, the servant, the pastor, the assistant pastor, doing it all together. Together we could destroy the enemy. Together we could bring down walls. Together we could push back the devil. Together we could win our cities. Together we could win our church. Together we could bring the loss to the cross. We can't do it alone. So we need to get in the presence of God. Because where the presence of God is, where the presence of God is, there's liberty and joy. Someone say amen. Anyone learning anything tonight? Three people. God bless you. Can I show you guys something? Can I show you something? You have the victory. All you got to do is claim it. Show them what Moses means. Moses literally means this. Watch this. Moses means drawn out to be saved or preserved. And then when you keep going, her means, yeah, drawn out, saved or preserved, right? Her means a hole like a serpent. These are the Hebrew words. A cell of a prison is the root and connecting word. Crevice, listen to this, Pastor. An opening in a rock or a wall. The root word for her means fine linen. Also, her is from the tribe of Judah. Let's keep going. Aaron means light bringer. And he was the high priest. Joshua means Jehovah is salvation. To be saved. Joshua also means Jesus. So when you put this together for the glory of God, Here's what you find out. The church is in the Greek called called out. Someone say amen. And what you need to understand is a banner, pastor. He said he is Jehovah Nisi, our banner, our victory. It's a flag. A flag is something that something hangs on declaring a thing. I'm going to say it again. A flag is something that is hung on a wooden stick declaring something. You ain't. And the Bible says, and Moses went on the mountain with his stick. 
You ain't listening. You ain't nobody listening. I'm going to explain it. You might came back. I'm sorry. That's right. Joshua didn't have the stick. Moses had the stick. As he raised the hand and raised the stick, it says in Joshua won the battle. But Haran and Ur was there. Here's how we know we have the victory. When you put it all together for the glory of God, God has called us out and we need to understand for the glory of God that Jesus was the high priest from the tribe of Judah. He conquered the serpent, took him out of his hole, conquered his, oh, ain't nobody getting this, put him under his feet, went into a crevice in a rock, in a hole, came out in the third day with fine linen, praise God. Now is the high priest that intercedes for me and you when we lift our hands in prayer and praise and worship in what was the thing that Jesus hung on a wooden stick called the cross and here's what he declared it is finished nobody goodness I wish I had a, I wish Orlando was here I'm gonna say it right now praise God I don't know your trial I don't know your tribulation I don't know your attack praise God but the Moses generation and the Joshua generation you need to understand you got a her you got a Aaron you got a Joshua and it's all found in Jesus let's stand let's stand and it said in this and this is how they got the victory and this is how they got the victory and this is how they won the battle and this is how they got out of the valley and this is how they destroyed the enemy and this is how they went forward and this I wonder if there's people that want it bad enough that says I'm taking my praise back I'm taking my worship back I'm taking my family back and I'm gonna do what Joshua did for me and my house we shall serve the Lord Hallelujah. you better give about 20 seconds of praise So here's what I came to say. I came to say simply, you have an altar and you got the flag, which is the blood-stained cross of Calvary's Hill. And it's time to make a decision. Could I say it like this? You either die in the wilderness or you cross over into the promised land. Who's ready to cross over? Who's ready to say I'm tired of the enemy, the valley, misery, addiction, and bondage? I'm going to get it with my family again. I'm going to pray in my house again. I'm going to help raise up the hands again. I'm going to start serving again. I'm going to start going forward again. Why? Because we have the victory. Shout amen. Come on. Here's what we need. Keep going, choir. You're learning. The Bible says, Pastor, 
that Aaron and her lifted up the hand of Moses. If pastor has ever lifted you up, it's if he's ever helped you lift your hand. If you belong to this church, there should be no more room for this man to leave his arms down. Every man of God and every woman of God should say, hey, you was there for me, but now I'll be there for you. I'll worship with you. I'll praise with you. I'll go after the people with you who's ready to lift up the hand of the man of God. Shout amen. So today, I want to end with a story. I had more to preach, but I just have to be sensitive. We need to get to this altar because there's victory waiting. There's victory waiting for those who are going to cross over. When I was in Israel, I went, Pastor, to an old archaeological site, and the man said, This steps Jesus had to walk over. Jesus had to walk over. He had to climb these steps. Everywhere else is traditional. But these are factual steps and it's blocked off. And he said, I took the man, the first man that walked on the moon. You know his name? What's his name? Neil Armstrong. And I brought him to this exact location. You know I forgot. He brought him to that exact location. Listen to this. And he walked around like a kid in the candy store. And he said, I left him like that because he was on my tour. And I gave him a private touring. And I said, what do you think, Mr. Armstrong? He's the man that put the flag on the moon, if you don't know. He said, what do you think? He said, let me tell you what I think. Me walking in the footsteps of Jesus is better than ever me walking on the moon. Ain't nobody get this. I don't care what you think you know. I don't care what you accumulate. I don't care what you can get. I don't care who you are. The greatest achievement is getting the flag of Jesus and say, hey, I'm going to serve him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to lift up my hands and I'm going to help others do the same. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, by their faith, by their faith that they would come to this place that they would worship you in spirit and in truth that they would lift up their hands again that they will praise again that they'll get back to the things of god again father and they will help this city every church every pastor experience revival in the valley if you believe it and want it shout amen i said shout amen are you ready let's go choir you ready after that preaching if you don't want to come to this altar there's the door ain't nobody can i say that you have two two choices if you didn't get nothing from that you ain't never gonna get nothing Jesus is found all over the Old Testament. And God says today, I'm the same God of yesterday, today, and forever. And it says, and this is how they won the valley. This is how they got out of that valley. This is how they won the victory. This is how they conquered the devil. If you want to do that, he said, and Moses built an altar and they sacrificed. You are the sacrifice that says, hey, I'm going to get to that place and say, I'm done, God. I want your joy. I want your peace. 
this altar. No, no, don't wait. Don't wait till the battle is over. You know the song? Don't wait till the victory is won. And if you're in between people, you should be pushing them out of the way. You should be saying, hey, I got to get my victory. Hey, I'm ready to get to that altar. Hey, I need to praise my God. I need to lift my hands because the victory is yours through the cross. Now let's go. Praise the Lord and praise God. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seeking the Kingdom. God willing, we plan to have a new episode for you every Friday and every Saturday morning. Please continue to be a part of what God is doing at Kingdom of God Ministry in Miami, Florida. We kindly ask that you share this episode, subscribe and follow us. It would help the show to reach other people that we may further the Kingdom of God. We also ask that you keep us at the church in your daily prayers. God bless.